Welcome back in to the Garage Talk podcast. It's a Sunday afternoon, and as we get ready to record this podcast, I've been kind of scurrying around today because I knew Chris was coming over, and the reason I invited Chris over is because he is soon to be a donor, and uh, this is pretty exciting, and I definitely want to get into the details of that, but uh, before you got here, I was digging around in the in the storage area here trying to find some uh, paperwork from back when I donated bone marrow and stem cells and it led me on kind of a wild goose chase <laughs> and uh, I ended up finding old uh, tickets from concerts and, oh, and football games Oregon Duck spring games from probably 2002 2003 and uh, right before I hit record you were saying we might have a few more things in common than just the uh, bone marrow donation yeah you were uh, I was listening to your podcast with Jesse from Paradise uh, which was cool, and realized Jeff Mayle is probably one of my favorite Oregon Ducks. Right. And Wasn't when you awesome? said that, I was like, How, you rarely ever hear that name, but he was so much fun to watch. He was, he's such a great receiver. I wish he would have done bigger things in the NFL. Yeah, I know he did play for a couple <clears throat> of years, didn't he? I know he yeah. was with the Texans for a while, but. He was with the Texans. I want to say he was with Pittsburgh, but I'm not, I could be wrong on that one. Okay. Yeah, we'd have to do some fact-checking on that yeah. one. I, I couldn't tell you. And there's some people who just know those things right off the top of their head. Matter of right. fact, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about the Oregon women's basketball team. Okay. And I said, oh, yeah, they beat UConn. It was the biggest upset UConn's ever had at their home right. court. And he's like, no, that's not true, back in blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, okay, well, I just heard it in passing. Yeah. And so what I should have said was, I think it's one of the biggest blowouts right. they've ever had, which is true. Yeah. But, man, he was all over it. And I just looked at him and said, man, my head does not work that way. I have a couple of buddies that are stat people like that. And I'm just like, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. It <laughs> makes my head hurt. Yeah. Too. I don't know how you know these stats from players back in the seventies and players nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's that me. way. He likes to throw out facts and figures and he can remember all kinds of different numbers where someone grew up. And I, I always tell people my new favorite saying is I've forgotten more than I've remembered. And that's pretty true. <laughs> That's a good saying. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get into this bone marrow thing a little bit because that's what stuck out to me. And this podcast is all about talking to average people doing extraordinary things. This struck a nerve with me because I was able to donate bone marrow uh, about 2002 and then do it stem cells a couple of years later. Okay. So when I saw what you were doing instantly, uh, I reached out to you because it's not every day that you see people doing something like this. How did this all come about? Uh, I had a friend of mine eight years ago tell me about it, and I thought it was really cool. Um, my father passed away when I was 11 from leukemia, so kind of hit me home. I was like, that's pretty cool. Let me let me get on there, went online, got the kit. You had to pay a donation. I don't remember what it was eight years ago. I think it's like 100 bucks now. That's a great question. I probably <laughs> should have looked that up ahead of time. Yeah. But I was trying to remember because when we did it, or when I signed up for it, it was – at Southamqua High School, okay, and it was uh, it was called the Race for Chase. There's a kid, Chase Mills, 16 year old, uh, I think sophomore in high school at Southamqua, and he had leukemia. Okay, and so I think the Cow Creek Tribe offset some of the costs, so oh, it nice. was less when I did it. Like the first X amount of people they paid right. for, which was really cool. Yeah, it made it a lot easier for people to sign up for. So honestly, I couldn't even tell you how much it is yeah, to get I, on there. I don't even remember. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, it's it goes to such an awesome cause and. They get to treat you like kings when you go out to do this. So from our, our experience and kind of the itinerary, excuse me, itinerary we have going on for next week, it's uh, not some, you know, put you up in slum hotels and, and stuff like that. They treat you real well, plus what they get to do for the recipient. So. So it sounds like it's a little bit different from when I did it over 15 years ago, oh, really? <laughs> which it wasn't like they treated me bad. That's not what I'm saying, but uh, I'm just trying to think back to how that all went down because um, I, when I did it, I just had to go up to Portland oh, and wow. it was, it was pretty straightforward. I went up the night before. Um, and again, I've forgotten more than I've remembered, but right. the first time, which was more invasive, we'll say, where they actually went into my hip plates and my lower back and oh, wow. extracted the bone marrow out of there. Um, and I don't even know if they still do it that way. I know there's a couple of different ways because by the time I did it the second time, it was actually stem cells and they gave me an experimental drug at the time, oh, nice. which multiplied the white blood cells in your bloodstream. Was it flingrastim? Flim, no, I think it was, or does it start with an N? 
No, I think it was start with an R. I think like, well, I can't remember. Mm. But anyway, at that time it was an experimental drug. Oh, nice. So multiply those white cells. <laughs> and then when I got there, they hooked me up to the separator. Yeah. And I think it was four hours that I was hooked up to it. And so they pumped the blood out one side, ran it through the separator, separated the white cells out, and then put the red back in. And that's what I'll be doing in okay. Florida. So, so as right. of right now, since you're leaving for Florida, when? Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to fly uh, all the way out to Florida. Yep. And at this point, have they been giving you that drug i started the injection yesterday okay so it's it's five days before well four days before and then the day of the donation and uh not the funnest (laughs) so when they administer the drug do they put it in very slowly uh i would like to think it was slowly but it feels like it just gets slammed right on in there and it's and it burns Uh yeah okay because when i did this they said it's going to take a little bit because what they're supposed to do is very slowly administer this. So they put the needle in and then they just squeeze a little bit and then wait and then a little bit and wait. <laughs> is that what they're doing no, with you? No, it, it went a little quicker than that. Really? And the vial, it's two shots. I mean, the vials are, are one in each arm. Oh yeah. Right. So it was one in each arm, one in each side of the stomach this morning, that bad decision Choose somewhere else. They gave you the option. Uh, then tomorrow I get to do it back in the arm. So, okay. That'll be much relieving. Have you had to experience any kind of pain other than the actual shot itself? My back's on fire. Is it? Oh yeah. And, uh, last night I was struggling, falling asleep. They want you to take Tylenol and they said you can take ibuprofen intermittently. And I took that this morning and that was such a relief. Kind of killed it for four or five hours. Because what I remember them telling me is that they were going to administer this drug for five days. And then over that period of time, it was going to get worse and worse and worse. And they described it. And maybe I shouldn't tell you this if they haven't told you this already. (laughs) But this is the way they told it to me is that just imagine like a sausage casing and you're trying to put twice as much contents inside that sausage casing than are supposed to be in there. Because ultimately, it just ends up dumping all those white cells into your bloodstream, which allows us to be able to donate because it's multiplied. Now, have they talked to you about that at all? They have. They didn't describe it like that by any means. Did <laughs> they, they told, do a better or worse job of describing it? Because uh, I feel like I'm I did gonna a pretty go, good job you, just no, now. That, that's good. It's, I'd almost say on a worse side. Uh, just for the fact they're like, you know, you're going to feel like you have a common cold, like borderline flu. You're just, your body's going to ache. I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. You know, I mean, it sucks when you get it, but no big deal. But yeah, like my back, my, especially like my lower back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kicking pretty good right now. Well, and probably I would assume that's because a lot of your bone marrow is in that area of your body. Right. And that's why they did the extraction down there for me. It's like one of the ri- richest places for it. So, um, and you just be thankful that you're not doing that version of it because yeah, I've actually, I have a buddy who did it two years ago who yeah. did that. And he was like, that was pretty rough. And I was like, yeah. So I, here's what I can tell you. I'm just going to give you a little piece of advice. Just ask them to administer that drug as slow as possible. Now, I don't want to freak you out, but this is what happened to me. So the four times leading up to were kind of like you talked about. It burned, but right. you think, oh, I can deal with this. Well, when I went in in Portland and I went in early in the morning and was waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, finally this nurse came in. She goes, okay, your last injection, we're going to get this over with so you can get started. Great. Well, she, one side, all of it in, grabbed my other arm, all of it in. I thought my arms were going to fall off. (laughs) They burned so bad. I mean, it got so bad at one point when I was actually hooked up to the machine that I had tears running down my face. Really? Like excruciating pain, like someone had taken cheese graters to my forearms. Oh, geez. And finally they shut the machine off and gave me some morphine, and then I was good. Okay. But, man, just I would even just do a little like – you know, like fire a little pre-warning off. Right. That way you say, hey, could you make sure that, you know, you say, hey, take this I, easy. Yeah, I have a buddy that did this and just, could you just take it nice and slow? Right. Like, oh, sure. Just <laughs> nice and slow so it doesn't happen because that was horrible. But yeah, then well, once it was done, it's it's fine. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you saw my post uh, yesterday. You know, it sucks. But then 
it kind of makes it a little bit better because I know I'm not even going through the worst part of it. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? What the recipient's doing is through the roof. So let's talk about that a little bit. What was it like for you? Because I know what it was like for me when I got that call. I had participated in the the bone marrow drive to get right. people to sign up. So it was this big push to try and save someone. So right. for us, it was we have this kid. Let's see if we can find the match. We're all going to work as hard as we possibly can to get as many people there, and hopefully we can find someone. Mm -hmm. That didn't turn out, and he ended up passing away. Right. Um, I'm curious what it was like. For, so for me, <clears throat> I'm bouncing all over here, but for oh, me, yeah. when I got that call a couple of years later, knowing that I'd put so much energy into his thing to match right. someone completely different was the strangest feeling. And it was, I'm just curious for you what that was like. So I think what really, like, was super cool for me. I had almost forgot that I was signed up because I signed up eight years ago. You get some emails here and there and then it kind of slowly filters out, you know? So I got a random call, which I never answer. I let it go to voicemail. And if they leave a voicemail, it's important. Listen to the voicemail and like instant butterflies. I was like, holy cow, like it's happening. And, uh, it was pretty cool. Like now it's real. So it's, it's even cooler. But that first phone call was just like, all right, Let's do it. Now, when they called you, were you the best option or were you one of the options on the list? They didn't mention anything like that. They just said that, you know, you're a potential match. We need to do more blood draws to confirm. Mm -hmm. So I went down for a blood draw and that took 60 days to hear back from. And uh, at the time I heard back, the patient wasn't ready to receive. So I was like, ah, that's a bummer. But they said, you know, just you never know. It could be a month. It could be a year. You know, it just depends. And like four days later, I got the phone call that they were ready to receive and were pushing forward. And that's an important time, too, because for the patient to get to a spot where they're ready to receive mm -hmm. what you're going to donate, then there's a series of steps they go through yeah. to get the patient ready. And then they're really banking on you not getting sick. Right. Or having anything oh, bad happen. Oh, that's fear. <laughs> you could sick. ask her. I've been like... <laughs> and I... I work for Frito-Lay, so I'm out in the trade, you know, 10 stops a day. And every, it, I swear, ever since we started this process, everybody I talk to, they're like, oh, I feel like crap today. I'm like, get away. Uh -huh. Don't want to talk to you. Don't touch my stuff. How long ago did you start that process when you found out that it's going to be you and we got to get moving? I want to say the first, oh, when they moved through was. Because they called you and then it took a while because you said you had to go do another blood test and then I think it was once, right after the new year. Okay. I think it was like the second or the third of the year. So it's only been about a month since you yeah. found out that it was going to be go time. And now you've been doing injections for what? A couple days, two days, two days say? and the physical and the two more blood draws and probably given like 10 gallons of blood just testing it, you know? So it's been a, uh, just a rocket of, you know, this phone calls with the nurses in Florida and my coordinator and, just a bunch of stuff, which is cool. It's been fun, but it's been a lot in, you know, a month. Was there any point in there where you, did they send you a bunch of paperwork to fill out? Yeah. Okay. A bunch. Now <laughs> I have to ask you because I know what it was like for me when I was filling out that paperwork and they ask you just about everything you can imagine. Matter of fact, when I found the cover letter that I used to fax mine, because mm -hmm. that was back when you faxed everything, right? as I wrote, here is everything about me, <laughs> smiley face, you know, and sent it off. Yeah. And there was times where I was going down that list and I'm like, huh, um, I don't want to not be honest on this question right. because it's a really important thing we're doing here, but I don't really want to answer this question <laughs> if so you're picking up what I'm putting down. The worst part about it is, so I didn't have to do a question. I didn't, it wasn't emailed a questionnaire that was on the phone with a real person for an hour and a half. So, <laughs> you know, some of the questions, it was like almost awkward. Oh yeah. I, and, I would say it was a little more than awkward for yeah. me, especially we're talking like 2001, 2002. Right. There may have been a few things that weren't quite as accepted as they are now. Right. And I said, um, <clears throat> so and this is that. when we're on the phone. I said, okay, so we, she's like, is there anything else I need to know? I said, I just need to tell you something. And I hope it's not. And I, I was almost crying at that point because I thought if I screwed this up right. by partaking in, you know, an extracurricular activity, right. <laughs> you know, may or may not be acceptable to some, then damn it. I screwed it up. Right. You know? But she was like, Oh, pff, 
If that was the case, we'd never find anyone. I'm like, cool. All right, let's <laughs> do this. Out. I'm sweating, you know. <laughs> I'm outside my apartment pacing back and forth. Right. Know? But, yeah, I just didn't want to screw it up because yeah. I was just so excited. For me, it was uh, – I actually wasn't the first mesh. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Move yourself around all you want. Like, you want to scoot up to the table? Oh, no, we're good there. Oh, okay. Just like I said, the back. back. Okay. Hey, if you even <laughs> need to get up and stretch out, let me know. This thing, we can – we can do whatever we want to do. You can, no, we should be you can take here. a lap or whatever. But um, anyway, I wasn't even the first match. I think I was the third. Oh, wow. And it was a crazy story. I didn't even find out until after the fact that um, once I'd done the donation that someone got in a car accident, one of the donors. Oh, wow. Like in a very short period, like very recent to the actual donation. So it was a whole ordeal. And okay. one thing led to another. Because they actually called me and then called me back and said, oh, never mind. You're not the best option. I'm like, okay, well, I was, I was ready. Well, I was kind of freaked out. I was excited. <laughs> all those emotions, and right. then, oh wait, never, never mind. Forget it. You yeah. know. Uh, so it was a pretty weird deal. And then the second time, it was definitely like when they called. It was, you're Go you're down. the guy. We got to do this. So, um, so what are they telling you as far as like when you move forward now? So you have to get a couple more injections before you leave for Florida. What are yep. they telling you the process is going to be like when you get out there? Um. A little bit more up to date from what you told me. Uh, I actually just talked to you last Tuesday. I talked to the nurse practitioner in Florida that I'll be dealing with. And it's kind of the same thing, really. I'm going to pretty much sit in a chair, out one arm in the other. And, I mean, they say they make it comfortable. They feed you. They got a bunch of entertainment and stuff to keep you entertained, really. You know, to have a good time for four to eight hours. So that sounds much more appealing than what I had. <laughs> I think I had just a little small TV in the corner and oh, really? was basically laying in a hospital bed. Yeah. And, uh, I think at the time my mom was with me and my girlfriend was with me and here's a little p- piece of advice for you. Just know that if you drink too much water and I don't know how they do it now, but when I had to do it, and I don't know that I've ever talked about this before, but we might as well get out there since we're on the uh, right. we're in the garage. And uh, is I had to go to the bathroom so bad, and they're like, "Well, we can't. I mean, we can stop the machine, but we don't want to like unhook you from all the stuff. So you're just gonna have to go." And so there was my girlfriend and my mom there, and I look at both of them like, "Okay." She's <laughs> like, "We'll get you a container," but oh. I couldn't move my arms, and so I told my mom, "I'm like." Turn around, get out yeah, of the room. Yeah, go ahead and turn around. <laughs> and my girlfriend was like, what do you, what, what you, you want me to? I'm like, I don't have an option here. I got to go. So <laughs> there you go. They claim that there's a restroom for us to use. And if we need, if I need assistance, they'll help. And I saw some pictures, the return IVs in the hand. So you have motion mm-hmm. on one arm to do whatever. And they ask you to keep one arm straight. So that's the hard part. Yeah. Hopefully they like ask, you know, are you right or left handed? So you're have your right hand or whatever dominant to yeah. do. Cause that'll be weird. So do you think that <clears throat> them calling you has anything to do with the fact that like, there's this connection back to your dad that you lost? You said you were 11 yeah. when he passed away. Uh, that's a good question. I know uh, it's a different disease that I'm donating for. Um, but same concept of mm-hmm. blood cancer um but it's cool i don't know it kind of feels like you lose one you give one kind of mm-hmm. thing so hopefully it really works for the recipient is my big hope yeah it's technology has come along so far and i don't even really know a lot about how the process is now uh obviously it's changed a little bit from when i did it but right. It seems like with the technology they have, they've been able to do some pretty amazing things and people are making it longer and longer when they do stuff like this. Yeah. I know that just on some of the trips to St. Jude, when they've talked about some of the bone marrow harvests and the, uh, when the patients, the cancer patients have, you know, needed a bone marrow transplant, what the success rates are. So they're really good now. And just the fact that someone can actually do that is kind of crazy when you think about it. Oh, it's wild, especially just separating your blood and not, like it's just weird to think what they're taking out of your blood to just put blood back in Mm -hmm. so little, you know, that 
will make a big difference. I was telling my girls earlier today, well, I tried to tell one of them once because they said, oh, who's coming over for the podcast? And I, I tried to tell them, I didn't even get through the words bone marrow and my middle daughter was already gone. She, and my wife even looked over, she goes, yeah, she doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, huh, yeah, well, that was obvious. Well, then later we were sitting on the couch and someone, one of them said, hey, who's coming up for the podcast? And so I said, oh, thanks, Chris. And he's donating bone marrow. Dad, we don't even know what that is. I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't, right? Yeah. And so then I was trying to explain <laughs> it to them. And they're 11, 9, and almost 7. And just to watch their reaction of, like, their brains. Thinking what's working. actually happening. Okay, now wait, you can take... <laughs> Something from you. And I said, and my wife actually first said, yeah, your dad did it. And I said, yeah, there's, they take part of you out. They kill it all off and get rid of it in someone else. And then they put my marrow in there or white cells or whatever they're using. Right. And then it takes over and then it starts growing and multiplying. And before you know it, that's what's inside them. And you right. can tell their heads were just spinning, you know, as most <laughs> probably would at that age, trying to figure that out. But right. it was just cool to try and, tell them because i haven't really talked to them about it right and just to kind of watch as they're like oh okay that's cool that someone else cool. is sick and you and he's trying to to help <clears> them <throat> out so yeah yeah that's pretty cool especially if it clicks for them and like in the future they hear it and know it and well because they're familiar with cancer and people right. getting sick and we oftentimes we'll just say oh people getting sick you know because it's easier to say cancer and explain all that but with the stuff we do for saint jude at the radio station they know a lot more about cancer because right. of that. And so, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, being on that list is, is something else because it's easy to do super, but easy. most people don't know about it. And I think that's where maybe I wish I would have done a better job of talking about it, but I just, I didn't want to talk about it to be like, Hey, look what I did. But at the same time, you kind of have to say, Hey, I did this thing here's why did you know to get people right. to encourage people to get on there but it's just it's not something you really see at least i don't usually see people talk about it i was actually pretty tore up with that post that you commented on because i didn't want to come off as like hey look at me look what i'm doing it was really to let people know and uh one of my buddies commented on there he's been on the list for six seven years and hasn't been called and he made a comment that's very true not everybody finds a match. So that was kind of, all right, cool. I'm driving this post home. If one person signs up, it's one potential match. So, And there's a lot of people that go without a match, <coughs> right? There's a lot of people who are sick that never find a match, like the kid from South Umqua High School, Chase, yeah. that I was talking about earlier, never found a match, and we lost him. But also, like you mentioned, you could be on there forever. There's so many people on that registry who have never matched someone. Right. It's all DNA and how that all matches up and, and how similar you are to that person. Yeah. Which is also interesting because, right, you need this. I can't remember what the person. Did they tell you what the percentage needs to be now in order for them to do it? I, I want to say in the original phone call they did. I don't remember what it was. They said actually the younger you are the higher the percent is you're going to match with somebody okay? because of the way genetics are transforming, which was pretty cool. So interesting. They're saying younger people are more likely to be a match than the older you get. Did they tell you what percentage you are of a match to the person you're donating to? No. Hmm. Cause I think I want to say, and again, forgotten more than I've remembered, but I want to say over like 94%, I think was where I was. And there was some, like I said, two people higher. Really? But I think, I think, don't hold me to that because I could be way off, but it was something like that where it was definitely not a perfect match, but a really good solid match where you could still use it. Okay. Um, but back to the original point, there's so many people on there that never even get called. Like I didn't expect to ever get called. That's kind of where I was even when I signed up, you know, obviously hoping you do, it's something you're signing up for. That'd be fantastic, but never really had the thought that it was actually going to happen. And then... Here we are a couple of days out and it's a lot different <laughs> when you get that phone call oh, yeah. and all of a sudden they say, okay, we have someone <clears throat> and they need what you have. Right. And now it's great to talk about signing up and it's great to sign up and be a part of that. But when the phone call comes in and you know, it's time to put up or shut up, it's a little <laughs> yeah. bit different feeling. Oh yeah. And even as bought in as I was, especially having the connection to what we were doing originally, why I got on there. Mm -hmm. 
I went through the whole process saying, yep, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then once I got there and was sitting at the table and they said, okay, here's a list of things that could happen to you. <laughs> like, can you show me that after? <laughs> and, and this was the first time. So it was different. They put me under and they, you know, harvested right. the bone marrow, like I said, through my hips and that was a whole process. But yeah, that's when I was like, okay, um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm in, but that's when the wheels really started turning of, okay, what if something bad happens here? Right. Like, am I willing to put myself out there for someone else? And that's a, that's an interesting feeling that most people will never have. Oh yeah. I can see that. Absolutely. But awesome at the same time. Yeah. Knowing an opportunity, not everybody gets. So yeah. And I was telling you, I don't know. Did we talk about it after I hit record? See, we shouldn't have talked before I hit record because I'd never do that in case something is said. And then I go, oh, wait, that would be we should have been recording. But I have my newspaper over here because we, we haven't talked about this on, since I hit record, right? Not about you, me. You mentioned that they did an ad and you showed they me did the a picture. story. Right. Yeah. All right. But um, where the hell was I going with that? Now I lost my train of thought. Uh, hold on. Give me a second. Uh, okay. I got it. It was just, um, as far as like the process, once you find out. And so this is what we were kind of talking about Mm -hmm. how you, um, how you inspired me to start digging around and finding some old information because I was just telling my grandpa the other day that I wish I would have done a better job of connecting with the people I donated bone marrow to. That's it. And so, so we didn't talk about that, right? We talked about that off air. Okay, perfect. I just <laughs> want to make sure because I don't want to go over it again. Uh, anyway, uh, so I did some digging around and uh, was doing some Facebook creeping right before you got here, kind of like I did on you before yeah. you came over. And I hope, I think I may have found the wife of the first guy I donated to. And that guy I lost contact with early on after I talked to him. And right. it's one of my biggest regrets. I just told you this off the air is that I wish I would have made the effort. I wish I would have asked someone to loan me the money so I could fly to Ohio to meet him because you don't find out even who they are, or at least you didn't before. Is that still the case? Yeah. You don't find out for a year. Yep. They got to make sure they're okay. They want to make sure their privacy is protected Mm -hmm. and all that. And I found out I'm like 22 years old, didn't have the money, didn't want to ask someone else to borrow the money. And maybe it's because I was 22 and didn't care as much. I did. I cared. I just didn't want to ask. Right. And so now I'm almost 40 and you know, a lot's happened. I've had a whole pile of kids and been really involved with St. Jude. And all of a sudden it's one of those things that was on the back burner. Right. And I wish I would have done. So I, I, I hope it's her. I really do. I hope That'd it's be the wife awesome. and I hope she responds. I hope she checks that little inbox that you get the message request that doesn't actually go into your inbox <laughs> that you don't see for six months sometimes. Mm-hmm. Cause you never check it. Um, but it, not only that, but I actually um, reached out to the cousin of the kid that passed away at South Uncle High School, and she's the one that organized the bone. <coughs> excuse me, the bone marrow drive that we did in Myrtle Creek. So I may be in her request box as well because okay. I sent her a message. <laughs> but just because I saw your post about what you're doing, it totally motivated me to reach out to some of these people that I lost contact with. So and that's awesome. Um, I hope you get a response and able to hear good news. I mean. Yeah. That's kind of the end result, right? Yeah. I think that just being Mm -hmm. able to help someone and then also see that they're doing well. And even if they don't just giving them more time, I know that for me, the the second time I did it, the guy made it for a couple of years and he would call occasionally. I'd talk to him and I didn't meet him in person either. Again, wish I would have. Right. Um, It's just cool to be able to, I mean, who would ever thought in, in my head, this is what I think that you could do something like that and actually give someone a chance to live. I mean, what else can we do right. to help someone out? It's it's really mind-boggling when you think about it. Yeah, and I mean, really, at the end of the day, for, for me and you, it's simple. I mean, we're not doing anything crazy to donate this, per se. Right. Right? I mean, we have appointments and stuff, but something so simple that if you're a match, you can go give to someone who isn't taking the right turn in life you know mm-hmm. so and who knows maybe give them 5 10 15 20 years i mean they could live a perfectly normal life some people yep. do after they get Fully a chance recover and i mean that's awesome so it's just a matter of getting on that list and then that's it getting the call 
Just a web page away. Right. That <laughs> almost sounds like a country song. I know, Still right? Still one page, web page away. <laughs> it comes. Where are you? Um, so where did you grow up? Uh, here in Southern Oregon. Okay. In the Shady Cove, Eagle Point, Central Point area. Where'd you go to school? Uh, first part of my schooling was in Eagle Point. The second part was at Crater and uh, Scenic. I mean, did you ever think as a kid growing up and... Shady Cove, that you'd be flying to Florida no. to donate bone marrow? No, definitely not. So, I mean, have you really had a chance to think about the impact that this is actually going to have? I mean, we can sit here and talk about it, but I know for me, when I like actually kind of step back and remove myself from it, and for me, it was later on. It was after right. it was already done with. But I mean, that, and that was kind of what led me to my post on Thursday was at work just thinking about it, you know, like, here we go. This is, this is happening. This is what I'm doing. And just all I could think about was that end result of getting the call that they're in remission or got another five years or whatever, you know, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So have you thought much about how much like you, the person could be considering your DNA is so similar? I've always been curious about that. I mean, I know it's way more than just a blood type that you got to match up to. So what else is matched up that yeah. makes you a match? You know what I mean? I mean, are they similar? Are they personality wise or a family? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I wish, see, cause I could have found out so much more information if I would have followed through and done more after the fact, uh, because I actually saw a picture of the second guy, which he didn't have hair at that point. Right. And he had a North Carolina Tar Heel shirt on, which at that time I was a big Duke fan. So okay. clearly we weren't that similar. <laughs> but um, yeah, I still wonder about that. Yeah. About because they say a lot of times you you'd be surprised, and it's not always the case, but sometimes sure. that you actually end up being very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, it would be. Which would be a total trip. It would <laughs> meet someone from I don't even know where this recipient is but so it's not that they aren't necessarily in florida you just have to go to florida to do it yeah so when i got the call they said it was either going to be san diego or florida and i was like all right well that's, that's kind of wide that's spectrum we have way over here and we're right. over here yeah i was like hey wherever let me know we'll make it happen you know and then i got a call a day later that was gonna be in florida so i signed up through be the match bone marrow registry and the donations being taken by Gift of Life, which is another bone marrow registry. Okay. So it's almost like Be The Match didn't have facilities open to do the donations, so they kind of transferred me. I'm still dealing with Be The Match, but Gift of Life is kind of setting everything up, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just curious how it works now, because when I did it, <coughs> it was, well, the Red Cross facilitated a lot of it. And I know there were some things that changed between the first and the second time that I did it. And it was, um, well, I can look because I got my book right here <laughs> that I got out earlier. So this is the National Marrow Donor Program, marrow.org. So, so I don't I know. I think that's what they all essentially filter under because I've, I've heard that a lot. The National uh, Marrow Donor Program? Yeah. So that must be the national database. Right. Right. And then these separate programs, Be the Match, Gift of Life. I think there's there was another one that I was reading about. I can't remember the name of it. Must just filter into that. And, and they kind of facilitate your travel or how, how does that work? What was that? As far as your travel goes, are they the ones facilitating all of that or do you know? Be the Match is facilitating the travel. Okay. And then Gift of Life actually has set up our car services hotel and all that stuff in florida okay so interesting yeah they they really work together it's been a great experience i'm really curious where this person's from because as we mentioned earlier you're not going to find out where they're from until a year from so when are you actually doing the donation wednesday okay i think i can technically say that okay okay <laughs> they have like weird social media <laughs> rules but i'm like <laughs> This is going to be on social media, but not really. So 
And so since we're talking about your medical stuff, we can obviously talk about that because you're talking about it, right? We don't have any weird HIPAA rules we have to worry about with you, do we? No. Okay, uh, good. Nothing I'm worried about. <laughs> I mean, I know you signed the waiver to come in here and do right. the podcast, but I don't know if that covers all those things. You know, yeah. people get weird about HIPAA laws. Like, I, I don't even know what HIPAA laws are. I'm giving permission for it. So there you go. We have, works. A, we have a recording of it now, so we're good to go. But I'm just really curious because a lot of times, I mean, if they're going to fly you all the way over there, but then again, they said San Diego. See, I'm trying to like... Yeah, we've been kind of curious if I'm going to Florida because they're around there. You'd think so, but why would they say San Diego originally and then Florida? Yeah, I don't. But I mean, you did it Portland. in Portland, yeah. and they're from Ohio. Yeah. So they must. And have. North Carolina. <clears throat> I yeah. went to the same Portland hospital. So be kind of wild if they're from like Washington. I was going to That'd Florida. <laughs> what if they were right down the street? See, I kept yeah. thinking, what if it's someone from right here? What if it's someone yeah, close by? Which I was kind of hoping for, but at the same time, I didn't care. I mean, it could be someone anywhere. Oh, yeah. Right? It could be it could anywhere be, in the world. Yeah, world, it? I was just going to say. Now, I don't think it's world because if it's world, it's two years before you get their information. Okay. And they told you already that it was going to be a year? Yeah. Okay. So. All right. My wheels are turning now. I know. I'm, like, okay. I'm having to still like go through all the stuff that I've been told and yeah. been learning about this process, you know? I'm excited for you. I'm excited yeah. to see how the process plays out for you, hopefully really well. And also excited for that person, obviously, because they found a match. Yeah. And they don't know anything about you either. And I'm I'm really curious, like, how long they've been waiting for a match. And yeah, just kind of cool information that you, I don't know, I've been on the registry for, like I said, for eight years. So I'd be curious if they've been waiting two or three years and that's how long it takes. It to, could be weeks. Yeah. Right? I mean, they could have just found out. Not very long ago that they needed a bone marrow transplant. So interesting. Uh, a friend of mine from Shady Cove got talked into signing up, sending his swabs. Two weeks later, got a call that he was a match. And I think it was about two months after he did his initial swab, he was up in Seattle donating marrow. How long ago was that? Two years. Okay. And the lady's in remission. And Did he have a chance to meet her? I don't know if they've met. I know they've talked a few times. Okay. So... They on on occasion, you know, just yeah. text and hey, how's things going? Well, yeah, gone? you don't want to make it weird, and right. it's not like it's going to be a Hallmark movie every time. Right. And I told you before we started recording this, I kind of had this expectation that I would meet the person. Mm -hmm. I first of all, I never thought I'd match someone once, but once I did, I thought, okay, cool, I, I can't wait to meet him. Right. Like I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Then I didn't meet him, and then I, you know, what's all that one in a million talk? Well, it happened again, and guess what? Still didn't meet him. Yeah. Like. You just, I, I guess I just had this idea that I just would, and maybe again, part of that falls on me, but I know for my personality, I'd love to meet him. And it's not like you're going to be best friends forever, No, but you think with this deep connect, you have a connection that most part of you is in them. Yeah. Like one in a million <laughs> chance that you have this connection and you right. have that deep connection that you would, I don't know. I guess I just thought there'd be more. So if no, I was I, to give you any advice, I would say, make it happen if they're willing to, once you you know, the year goes by and you, you get to chat, whatever yeah. that you can somehow make it happen. Cause that's my biggest regret is just not making it happen. Right. Yeah. It'll be, it'll just be interesting. And that, that first either email text, you know, whatever it is, it's just going to be kind of a, I bet that'll be a realer moment than it is right now. Oh yeah. Oh if that yeah. Makes sense. Oh yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. because when they called the, for the first time, when I did the actual bone marrow harvest and I was at work and I'll never forget where I was standing when they called and to talk to the parent of someone is, I mean, it's one thing to talk to the person, but for me it was almost more impactful the family because I think the guy that I donated to the first one was still kind of, you know, it's a year after the donation and, and transplant and all that. And he's very grateful, but I think he was kind of speechless in a way. But to talk to his parents was pretty cool. That was pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. That'd be just, and yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in a year, who you hear from, how they're doing. Yeah. Just so I believe I know, I believe I get told when my donation gets into the recipient. And if it goes successfully right i believe they? so I, I, get, I think so i get some information like that i don't know if they give me you know like a six month update that she's doing fine or still rough i do know if it's not going that well they'll ask me back for another donation so i guess that'd be a good hint 
I think I had to do that actually. Now that you say that, oh, did you like a booster kind of? They needed more. Yeah, and it may have been the second time. Again, this has been a while ago, but <laughs> yeah, I had to go back up there and uh, and give. It wasn't that complicated though. It was pretty simple. Yeah, you know, the second time. Yeah, I think once you've like gone through it and yeah, just kind of go get it done. But mm-hmm. so yeah, they said that it could happen within a year. You get a call back to go do some more, which it is what it is. Well, I'm excited for you. Yeah. I'm just excited to see someone else around here doing it because it's just like I told you before we started, you just don't see that. You just, right. it's just not. And when I saw it just immediately, I was like, Whoa, someone else is doing <laughs> this. And I know there's a lot of people around here on the registry. Oh yeah. I've actually had a lot of friends reach out saying they are, which is cool. Yeah. So you know, my question, are you still on the registry? Even no. You, is it two and done? So it used to be three and done. Okay. And this is how I understand it. That so when I and this is weird. So bear with me if I get a little <laughs> emotional about this, but because um, it just gives me the chills thinking about it. When I went up there the first time, I got to know the lady at the Red Cross really well, and she's awesome. We both watched Twenty Four with Jack Bauer. Okay. And so we were big <laughs> Twenty Four fans. We hit it off instantly. And when I got there. She's like, oh, how'd you get on their list? Blah, blah, blah. And I told her the backstory of trying to help this kid. And I said, I feel like it's just like divine intervention, right? Like I, I tried everything to find that kid a match. It was just, I just felt like this connection to the situation. There's a lot more to it. I won't bore you with the rest of it. But when I was there, I told her when we got done the first time, she goes, oh, I've really had a good time, you know, getting to know you or whatever. And I said, don't worry, I'm going to come back. And she's like, to visit? And I said, no, it's going to happen again. And I just had this weird feeling. Okay. I just knew in my heart it was going to happen again. And it may sound crazy, whatever, but I just had this super strong feeling that it was going to happen. And so when it happened the second time, she's like, oh, what do you think? Like, you know, it's rare enough to match someone once, right? Right. Like one in a million, whatever. I don't know what the odds are now, but it used to be about one in a million. Oh, it's probably worse now. So to match two different people, She's like, now you're a rare breed, which I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before. Not for this though. Right. <laughs> Not necessarily yeah. in a good way. Um, but anyway, I was like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have that same feeling I did, but it wouldn't shock me. Like I just have this weird feeling of like, clearly I was put in there, this spot to, for a reason. Right. And, um, so then I came home and after, cause it was pretty difficult that second time. Like I'd ha- I'd rather have and I'm not saying this to freak you out, but I, I would rather be put under and have them drill my bones again than what happened that second time because Just of the, there. what happened with the lady that administered the drug wrong. Oh yeah. And that's why I said, I would say a hundred percent, you know, preemptive strike of do not administer it quickly. Cause it, it was, Hopefully it was 15 painful. years down the road. They <laughs> yeah, changed yeah. their techniques. So anyway, I was questioning, I, I mean, on the way I remember coming home and thinking, okay, that was a lot, you know, um, it was pretty intense, but even then I'm like, I, I can't cause they asked me, you know, you wait for a year then they put you back on the list and I wasn't even back on it for just over a year when they called the second time. I think oh, it was geez. like a year and a half. It was almost two years. Right. Um, but I think the donation was almost just two years apart, pretty close to it. Okay. Um, and they said, you know, if you do it three times, then we're going to take you off the list. Well, then a couple of years go by, I get a call out of the blue and they said, Hey, we just want to let you know, we're going to take you off the list because we changed the rules. We okay. changed our own rules because we found it's better if we don't do that. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad you <laughs> figured that out before you called me. Cause there has been people that have done it three times That's crazy. and they're just saying, you know, we've just found that it's cause you know, they track you afterwards for oh, quite yeah. a while and ask you about your health and all this. And they said, you know, we just found it's just not the best thing to do. So I was kind of relieved in a way, right? but I also kind of felt like I wasn't mm-hmm. done yet. So it was just kind of a weird feeling, yeah. but yeah, so I'm not on there anymore. And, uh, oddly enough, it was right about that time that I ended up going to work in Medford and getting involved with St. Jude. So it's like this whole kind of all works. It, it just all just, fell into place right. I think how it was supposed to and, and now I'm not on there and it's all good and there's days where I uh, from the first procedure I can tell that I did something oh really yeah because it's just fatiguing okay. more, more than anything so uh, not the procedure that you're doing but right. yeah I, there's definitely times where I, I can feel my lower back fatigue hmm. but it's not anything that you can't get over right where I go oh man I 
like even right now, if I lean back, I'm like, okay, I've been sitting here for a while. Right. Like that's where it hurts. Is that what it's from? I don't know. You know, it's kind of hard to say, but sure. was it worth doing? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, but no, I can understand that. It's kind of a long answer, but hey. <laughs> no, it works. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, are you going to try and stay on there? Do you think after? Yeah. I have no issue staying on there as, as long as they allow me. I mean, especially if starting out with just the stem cells, you know, next time if I do the bone marrow, might change my decision. I don't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> but I was a little relieved. I would have gladly went anywhere and donated bone marrow. But when they said that it was going to be the stem cell, I was like, whew, didn't know that was an option, but yeah, fantastic. I didn't either. <laughs> when they called the second time, I thought, oh, man, we're going to do this again, huh? You know, not even yeah. two years. Because it heals pretty quickly, but still. Right. But, yeah, it's a... Uh, you kind of know that it's happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was... Well, with being under for the first procedure, there's no, I mean, you're under, so you don't even know what's going on. It's just after and your back hurts right? and you're sore and, you know, you go through that whole thing and yeah, but yeah, I'll you, be very interested. Like you said, how the drug kind of builds up over the five days because you all yesterday felt great. Little like tender where they gave me the shot. Oh yeah. And then, uh, we were just sitting on the couch, hanging out, watching a movie last night at like seven. And I was like, ah. Neck's a little tight. <laughs> like rolled out of bed this morning. I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> uh, but everyone should get on the list. <laughs> I know. No, it, I, it is a little challenging. Yeah, but it's, and I, it's you know, for anybody listening to this that are on the fence about it, like it's not that bad. It's just a change in feeling. You know, yeah. you're Sunday morning. You're used to getting out of bed and going about your normal business, and yeah, you feel different. It it doesn't hurt. It's just there. That makes, mm -hmm. it's just like, <coughs> yeah, it's just, um, I, I can't even find a good way to describe it. You just feel tight. You don't, exactly. it's not a pain. It's just tight. Yeah. So, and then, you know, a shot's a shot. That, that's why I say that it sucks. I mean, no one likes getting shots, mm -hmm. right? So, I hated needles like, yeah. <laughs> before I would do anything to avoid them. And that actually was kind of what helped me get. Not over it, but be okay with it. I'm yeah. like, I have to do this. Right. I don't have an option. I have to do this. Someone's counting on me. Yeah. And I hate needles. But I, it did. It just helped. And as I went through that whole process both times, I just kind of got to a point where I'm like, okay, now anytime I need to do something, I'm like, here, I'm just going to look over here. Right. And hold my arm out and whatever. This is nothing compared right. to what someone else is going through. Well, and that, exactly. Like I said that a little earlier, you know, you sit there and you're like, man, that shot sucks. Now I got to go on the right side. I'm like they're dealing with way worse and they're going to get a way better reward. So a couple seconds of pain and not feeling well for a few days. Mm -hmm. Sign me up at any day of the week. Can I ask you about your mom? Yeah. And how she feels about all of this. She's super pumped. She is absolutely excited when I, I think I had told her when I signed up, but kind of like we talked about, you don't really expect it to happen. So it wasn't, you know, a bunch of excitement. And when I get, got her on the phone, told her that it was happening, she's, I mean, she's been asking for updates all the time and she's taking us to the airport on Tuesday. So that's great. Yeah. She's super excited. Yeah. That has to be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. And to watch that play out. Right. You know? So yeah, that's, and my whole family, I mean, grandparents and the few people I've talked to are super excited about it. Is work pretty cool about it too? Yeah, it's been it's been it. a challenge working for a corporation. You know, there's a bunch of rules, and you know, it's not something you commonly go out and do. So no one really knows what to do. So we're just kind of slowly going through that. So yeah, because you have to take time off and <clears throat> be away from the job for a little bit. And yeah, so I'll I'll take four days off. But uh, be the match actually doesn't want you to use any vacation or accrued sick time. They reimburse my wages. So that's where the kind of the challenge has been is taking four days off non-paid, which you think any company would be like, okay, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that when I did it, our, when I worked at KJO and KLDR, mm -hmm. they just said, this is awesome. Yeah. And, but it's a mom and pop shop. So they right. can say, we're not taking anything. Matter of fact, go for it. Right. You know? So yeah, they, they've, they've been supportive. They're excited about it. It's just kind of a trials and tribulation thing, you know, just figuring out, the process to actually do it and have it all on paperwork for corporation crap. That's know? cool. That be the match takes care of your wages. I, I don't yeah. remember that being a thing. I don't know if that's a, a newer thing, 
newer as in the last 15 years you know <laughs> yeah i don't know they just like i said they don't want you using anything you've accrued that will take away from your time for the rest of the year that's why they cover the wages and the food and travel and all that stuff yeah that makes sense yeah probably makes it easier for people to participate too because yeah there's people on the list that probably don't have the means to take right. time off work or whatever that is yeah absolutely so so yeah that'll be we're still figuring out the pay and all that stuff, but so far it's been pretty smooth. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you have to keep me posted. And I will. I'm going to try and keep doing up, you know, the Facebook updates and what's going on to whatever limits I can that they allow. Yeah. So, and then I'll I'll let you know how it goes when I get back and the well, experience. Maybe and, you'll have to come back over afterwards and. Yeah. And do a recap. And, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And let me know how it goes. Yeah. So, cool. Anything else you want to talk about? I'm sure there's plenty of things we could talk about. Oh, yeah. There's a ton. I don't think she realizes. We boring you to death over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I was walking on the inside. Right. Yeah, so just ready to get it rolling and. As much as I love the cold weather of Oregon in the winter, I'm going to go try and get a few minutes out on the beach in 80-degree weather and check out a little bit of Florida. Have you ever been there before? No, See, I've never been to us. Florida. Yeah. I mean, that's something to be excited about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the donation's awesome, and that's obviously the focal right. point, but just getting to go to Florida on top of it's a nice added bonus. I mean, I got Portland. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can drive there anytime. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that'll be kind of cool. I mean... We've been kind of doing a little bit of research of where to go, what to do, and where are you going in Florida? Uh, Fort Lauderdale area. Okay. Yeah, this Boca Rotan is where it's at. Gotcha. But it's all kind of right in the same area, so that'll be interesting. It'll a lot of it just depends, like you said, or we talked about. You know, it could be four to eight hours. You sit in the chair. On rare occasions, they could do half the donation one day and have to come back the next day. So. A lot of it just lands on when I get out of that office on Wednesday and what the end result is, is what we're going to try and work around to do yeah. whatever in Florida. Cool. Well, good luck. And uh, yeah. thanks for coming over. It's yeah, been absolutely. a pleasure talking to you and it's pretty dang cool what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, more people should get signed up because it's pretty special. Hey, if one person that listens to this signs up, that's one more possible match. So absolutely. Yeah. Chris Pettit, thanks for coming over. It's a Garage Talk podcast. It is uh, episode 22, I think. If it's not 22, well, then I apologize. But you can uh, you can rate the podcast. You can share it with your friends and find it just about anywhere. Apple, Google, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. A little easier to do when it's not so late at night because we're recording in the afternoon. Most of the right. times at night, I'm like, where was it again? <laughs> oh, garagetalkpodcast.com. And uh, Chris, good luck with your trip. And uh, let me know when you get back and let me know how it goes. Yeah, absolutely.